Welcome to the Career Anatomy Podcast. I'm Rebecca Clark. And I'm Jeff Borup. And today we have Paige Yaton. She is a fitness professional. Welcome. Thank you. Paige, the fitness professional. Tell us what that means. I feel like it's kind of like an umbrella term for like the hundred different things that I do. Obviously fitness involved. I started a company a couple years ago when I first graduated from my yoga teacher training that incorporates corporate wellness and fitness into, I guess, corporate offices as well as residential properties. So I contract out group fitness instructors to these different luxury residential communities, apartments, active senior living centers, some of the resorts in the area, providing yoga and other fitness classes as an amenity to the residents so they don't have to pay for it. Um, but then I'm also working on growing my, I guess, like Instagram brand. So using that as a platform to talk about my personal journey through recovery and using like mindfulness as a tool. It was basically strictly yoga up until about the end of December when I realized that you can only get so far with body weight exercises and the things that I was trying to achieve, I needed to get strong in places that I guess yoga wasn't helping me with. You only use certain muscles in yoga. For instance, you do a lot of pushing, but you you do zero pulling. So certain muscles in your arms get super strong and other muscles never get used. So I started incorporating uh, like personal training, weightlifting, been doing some stability exercises, things like on the trampoline and the rings, like kind of acrobatic things and whatnot. So branching out into other fields. I'm not sure if I'll personally teach anything aside from yoga, but I'm really enjoying doing those other things and using them to inspire other people to get off their butts. I'm one of those in need of inspiration (laughs) for sure. Take us back all the way to the beginning and how you got started and into fitness. Okay, so when I tell my story now, I feel like I'm talking about somebody else, like someone that I don't even know anymore. But in 2012... I had, well, I guess actually 2011, I had just gotten my second DUI, and then about four or five weeks after that, I got arrested for disorderly conduct and drunk in public, and woke up in jail, and didn't know why, and just kind of like assumed that I had gotten my third DUI, and third DUI in Arizona is like a felony, you go to prison, like it's not a joke anymore, so I felt like sitting in that jail cell at 7 a.m. that like my whole life was over. I wasn't talking to anyone in my family and I was on so many different prescription medications and just like drinking all the time and kind of like partying away all my problems. I was bartending, never went to college, didn't really feel like my life was heading in any worthwhile direction. Um, So in that moment, kind of like out of desperation, not really knowing what to do, I didn't have anyone to reach out to. I told the police officers that if you let me go home, I'm going to kill myself. So they put me into Banner Psychiatric Hospital. I was only there for the day. Um, there was a mix-up where I ended up having to actually go to the regular hospital in the emergency room, and the people there like weren't in the know and didn't realize that I needed to go back. So I went home. And as soon as I went home, I realized like I need to quit my job. And if I don't quit my job, I need to just like come to terms with the fact that this is going to be my life and I'm probably going to be like a 40 year old alcoholic bartender and that's just going to be like my thing. So I started reaching out to friends and not many people wanted anything to do with me at that point in my life, which I totally understand. Um, but a friend from high school took me to a yoga class a couple of days later 
And it was a restorative yoga class. And I just remember walking out of that room thinking, like, this is the best thing since my Xanax, or at least since I discovered Xanax. And, like, I need more of this in my life. So I looked into yoga teacher trainings. I had no idea really what yoga was, but I knew that, like, I needed more of whatever that was in my life. So I did a yoga teacher training. And in this time period, I also decided, so I did quit my job. And then I got off all my prescription medications. I took like five days <laughs> laid in bed detoxing, which was like the stupidest thing to do. I don't recommend that. Like probably under some kind of doctor supervision would have been so much smarter and healthier. But in that five days that I was super sick, I also quit smoking cigarettes because that just seemed like appalling in between just like everything else going on. So after that, I did like a, a people detox as well. I decided in my six months of my 200-hour YTT, which is yoga teacher training, that I was going to stop talking to everybody in my life and just see who was there after it was all done, which was no one, <laughs> which was great. I didn't need any of those people in my life. They were more just like friends of convenience. Like when you work in a bar and you work late and it's like high stress, like afterwards, all those people who just worked with you and were stressed out also, like you all just go drink together. But you do it just because no one else wants to hear you bitch about like your manager at a restaurant or the crappy customers you had to like serve all day. So those people just like get you, but they're not really there for you. So I had this awesome group or like new community of yogis. And that was kind of like everything I had always wanted. I was the type of person that like made myself what I thought everybody else wanted me to be always and was super unhappy, obviously, because of that, like had an eating disorder for about like eight years, just trying to like make myself into something that I wasn't. And in my YTT, our teachers stressed like this is a safe environment for you to discover who you are and like work through your feelings and know that like nothing needs to change about who you are except for your perception of yourself and perhaps like the expectations that you hold for yourself. So after that six months, I had like this new outlook on like myself and this new understanding of like how the world worked. Like I was also always the person who was like, why does the universe just want to take a big fat shit on me like all the time? Like, what did I do to deserve this? Why does everyone hate me? Why is life so hard? I made life so hard. I was a super negative person and just attract more negativity and other negative people. So when I realized that like what I was putting out there was what I was getting back, everything shifted and changed. So after my 200 hours, I decided like, I'm going to teach, like I'm ready to do this. And I taught a couple classes and was like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> and then went and did another 300 hours. And then it was after that 300 hours, well, it was during that period of time that I like reconnected with my dad and he was going through a divorce. So I think we just like both really needed each other after not having each other in our life for so long. And he is an insurance broker and does a lot of stuff with a lot of the developers and residential communities for like their corporate offices and employees in the area. So after I graduated from my 500 total hours, I got invited to sit on the Mark Taylor Wellness Committee and they gave me one class at one of their brand new properties that just like happened to have a yoga studio built into the gym. And I taught that class for like six months, I think. And that was basically my only class. And then a second opportunity within the company presented itself. And then I started to take more initiative. And instead of like waiting for things to come my way, started putting myself out there. And it wasn't anything I ever like set out to do. It just kind of like happened. And over the past, I think it's been like almost four and a half years now, like through relationships that I've established and people that I've met and just putting myself out there like over and over and over and not being afraid 
to be told no or like failing or not getting what I want, whatever. I've created this super awesome company and opportunity for myself that now like allows me to do the things I want because of the freedom I've created. So is 200 hours the base minimum that's required before you can even start thinking about teaching? Yes. We're all held to a standard that Yoga Alliance has set, and you have to get a 200-hour certification from a credible school. So I went to the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts, which is also a really cool place to go because it's a university, so I got financial aid to go through my yoga teacher training, which made it somewhat affordable because it was like $12,000 to do this and I was like broke as fuck (laughs) so having the state pay for some of this made it easier to do but I was also at a point that was like this or that and I'd rather be in a little bit of debt whatever so it was an awesome program and an awesome school and the group of people that I went with I don't think that if I went through that program with anyone else it would have been the same and same with my teachers but yeah so that's the base and then in addition to the 200 you do another three to make it five. And then like 500 is kind of, I guess, the max, like quote, whatever. Um, you can do additional trainings on top of that, which we're all required to do a certain amount of hours every single year to like keep our certifications. So what did class look like? Like what was it every day? Um, how was that structured? There was a couple different ways that you could do it. I went Tuesdays and Thursdays for five hours. So we would show up at seven and leave at noon or show up at eight and leave at one. And it started with 40 people and we just sat Indian style in a room on our yoga mats. And the first 200 hours was like, what is yoga? This is the definition of it. And these are like the very fundamental postures, like basically the need to knows. And then the additional 300, you could kind of take it as you wanted to, but classes were three to four hours long. And I did Monday, Wednesday, Friday to get it done like as quickly as I could. And then every class was something different. So like anatomy or sequencing or the fundamentals like the psychology of yoga I had to take a business of yoga class like how to establish a business which was really cool because I had no idea like what an LLC was or that I needed one or that it was probably a good idea to get like a business bank account and (laughs) simple stuff like that that teachers were able to help us with and then branding and marketing yourself so you started off with that um that one like job where you were teaching for six months. How did that start branching out into your business? I looked at that at the beginning solely as an opportunity to make more money. You don't really get paid a whole lot to teach yoga, which that's changing, but it's still definitely like a hustle and a struggle. So I was teaching at gyms and studios and privately and just like anywhere that I could. So At the beginning, that was just supplementing my income with another X amount of dollars that I was going to make every week or month. And then when I got the second class, I'm like, this is awesome. Again, just supplementing my income, just more money that I can make. And then when I got it to the point where I couldn't take on any more classes is when I started asking friends of mine if they could help me teach and then realized basically if I have other people teach my classes and make a commission off of what I'm setting up, or some, you know, dollar amount of money, it frees up my time to do the things that I want to do. So I got it to a point where I felt secure enough in the money that I was making, which wasn't a lot, to then move to Los Angeles to further, like, my education. I felt like I got to a point in Phoenix where there's some amazing teachers out here, but we're all very limited as far as, like, who we can learn from. And I figured Los Angeles, anyone who's anyone, 
eventually cycles through there. So I'll go out there and be able to learn from like the best of the best, or at least with students of theirs. So lived in Venice Beach for 14 months and met some amazing people, which then led me to opportunities that when I first, I guess, stepped into that YTT classroom, like would have never been able to even wrap my mind around like that I could travel for free because I teach yoga that I could go down to Costa Rica and stay at a five-star resort, like everything included to teach a class a day, basically, which is then what I started doing a little bit. And now opportunities that keep presenting themselves, I still just, like, I can't even believe that this is my life at this point because of a decision that I made five years ago. Is the mindfulness aspect still there for you when it comes to teaching versus being a student? So physical yoga is nothing more than just a physical exercise. And for me, the mindfulness is what saved my life. And the mindfulness is what I practice every day, more so than the physical. Like I'll go, I mean, I hate to admit this, but weeks at a time sometimes without actually going to a yoga class. But it's the mindfulness techniques that I learned that from the second I open my eyes every morning, I remind myself or when I get in high stress situations, like everything is happening exactly as it's supposed to, even if it's not what you want. And like attracts like, what you put out there is what you get back. You have no control over anything, so just go with it. Like one of my favorite mantras is, so this is happening now, and this is perfect too. Because I can't control anything, and that has been my struggle my whole entire life. Like my eating disorder stemmed from a need to control, which it sounds so cliche because that's why most start. And when people told me that I like refused to like believe it or didn't want to admit that I was like a control freak, but I totally was. And my prescription like drug abuse was from like a need to control or not being able to control the needing to numb out and like get away from like that, not needing to control and whatever. And it's the mindfulness is what keeps me sane and keeps me off of prescriptions. I grew up in kind of like that weird time period where it was okay to medicate your children not because like people didn't want to deal with issues, just people didn't, I guess, fully understand. And I love my parents, but they had a very like hands-off approach to parenting. Like, go learn your lessons and tell us how that went. And you need to figure things out for yourself. Otherwise, you'll never learn. And there wasn't a lot of, like, my mom was way too emotional to understand like my problems. Like, she was sucked into her own like world. And then my dad was so non-emotional, he couldn't even talk to us if we had any feelings whatsoever. Which I get both sides now. But basically, I I grew up with the message, and no one ever like said this to me. But this is what I got from everyone: was it's not okay to have the feelings that you're having, or if you don't want to have these feelings, there's a pill for that. And I went to several uh, treatment centers and rehabs, and every time I came out of them, I was on more medications than I went in on. And instead of dealing with my problems and having to face them and confront them and work through them, I would just numb out to them just more and more and more and more. And when I went through yoga teacher training and got off all my prescriptions, it was the first time since like fifth or sixth grade that I actually had to deal with things that were coming up in my life. And it was also the first time that I realized that all those feelings are normal and that other people have them too and that I wasn't alone and I wasn't weird. And it was, I mean, everyone who went through my YTT was going through something huge. And 
we all just held space for each other and didn't judge. And that was my biggest thing too, is just, I was so afraid of what other people thought of me and to be able to like work through all of that without being judged and just like, let it go and move on. I have so much more space in my life now for good feelings and good thoughts and things that I want or just space. Let's go back to the business itself. And I'm really interested to know your marketing strategy, how you've utilized Instagram and continue to do so and how that's propelled your career as well. Instagram, I've put myself out there the same way that I have with my personal business. Networking is everything. And they say it's all about who you know, and it really is who you know. You never know who's going to introduce you to someone else or what that person might do for a living or, I mean, you just, you really never know. I hate to say like what someone can do for you, but you get so much further as a group or with someone than by yourself. And that is something that my dad has always um, said to me from an early age is you don't get to the top alone. You get to the top with other people. You bring people with you and people bring you with them. And living in LA is kind of when uh, everything changed for me social media wise. I had no understanding of it whatsoever when I was living in Phoenix. When I lived here, I just thought like, there's all these people with professional photographers following them around and everyone just must be like super wealthy to go on these vacations and wear these really awesome yoga pants all the time in their pictures and like lucky them for just getting to like live on the beach like they must have rich parents or like whatever. And then I got to LA and was thrown into it and realized these people take pictures of themselves with their own cameras. They're incredibly talented in so many areas. They have been networking nonstop for a long time, longer than I was even like in the know about Instagram or whatever, because people were famous before (laughs) Instagram and Facebook. Um, But just putting myself out there, reaching out to people via Instagram, like, hey, do you want to meet up? Going to people's classes and showing a genuine interest in them. Not just like I'm here one time because I want something from you, but like I'm interested in what you have to share with me and teach me. And those people introduce you to other really cool people who then show you like, hey, I'm going to go on this retreat and I can make money doing that. And that's a way to travel or, hey, I'm I'm going to this place and teaching at a resort and it's all paid for. Like if you reach out, like maybe you'll get the same opportunity and it's just putting yourself out there nonstop. And then I found the way to continue to grow a following is through engagement. So being appreciative of the people who take time out of their day to like your pictures and comment on them and make them feel like seen and noticed. Cause I think that's like all anyone really wants. And it's because of them that I have so much opportunity because without them, no one would care about my Instagram. It would just be like another weird girl doing yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any misconceptions about what you do? I, I feel like everyone thinks that yogis are vegans who don't drink, who probably smell really bad and all have dreadlocks. I think that there's many misconceptions, at least when it comes to like appearance or like what we all do, just like sit around drum circles and hula hoop all day. Um, I'm not a vegan, like far from, tried it, didn't work for me. I don't think that you have, like even with all of my struggles in the past with like prescriptions and whatnot. For me, I never felt like I had to take anything out of my life permanently if I was confronting and facing the issue. 
Like, if you're drinking because you're depressed, you probably shouldn't drink. But if you have a glass of wine every now and then, like, what's the harm in that? As long as you're very aware of the mindset you have going into it. Because it's only going to exaggerate and enhance however you're currently feeling. But that's, like, the personal awareness that yoga has helped to create for me. So I'm very, very aware of who I am in any moment and can make decisions based upon that. And they're all decisions that I make for myself. So I can't hold anyone else accountable for things that happen aside from me. But yogis are people too. (laughs) (laughs) So what's like a day in your life look like? Right now I've been super lame since I moved back from Mexico at the, like towards the end of December. Um, usually at the gym at least once a day, if not twice. Um, my business is basically run both like my personal uh, corporate wellness business and my Instagram is run from my computer or my phone. So answering emails, posting, engaging, blogging, either from my house or from wherever I want to be, which is, I mean, I prefer outside dog park. Um, lots of, I take tons of time, probably too much time, I don't want to say to like meditate because I don't in the traditional way, but to be quiet and focus on myself and just like sit and notice. There's weeks where my life is insane and super busy. Like I'm getting ready to go to Los Angeles and teach for Reebok. So driving out there and when I'm out there doing stuff with muscle milk, which is going to involve like photo shoots and taking videos. Uh, anytime I go to Los Angeles, I try and book a lot of photo shoot type stuff with yoga clothing companies recently other people have been reaching out to me to do like modeling which is like terrifying I feel like I can hide behind yoga postures and yoga pants and do weird things with my body and feel like totally comfortable because the focus isn't on my face but the second you put me in like a regular modeling situation I feel like one I have like that Ricky Bobby moment where I'm like what do I do with my hands (laughs) yeah And then also, like, what should I be doing with my face right now? Like, is this cute? I don't even know. This is awkward. Sorry. Um. (laughs) I'm the same way. I I never know what to do with my face. I don't know how to smile. So when I travel, I try and keep myself super busy so that when I'm home, I guess I can slow down and just relax. I mean, my life isn't super exciting. (laughs) Where do you see the future of your business Right now, I'm in the process of expanding uh, my like corporate and residential stuff into other states. So it's 90% out of Arizona right now, which is because I am in Arizona, and it's easiest to expand with in-person relationships and through networking. But I want to use the relationships that I've created out here with property managers and corporate offices to expand to their properties in other states, because most of these builders develop properties all over the country. And because of Los Angeles, I've met people who travel or are from somewhere else. Like Los Angeles was such a transient place. No one's ever really there for too long. So if I know someone in Seattle that can refer me to people, then I can build a business there. The same with Texas or Florida or whatnot. And again, that's just putting myself out there. So that's what I would like ultimately is to expand into other markets, which I know that like Los Angeles and Phoenix and New York are kind of like ahead of the game when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I feel that I've been doing it long enough that I have all the information I would need to, I guess, convince someone that this is something that their residents need and want. 
How about for the younger, maybe high school generation looking to get into fitness and instruction or CrossFit or even yoga, whatever it is, do you have any advice? So in theory, everything is yoga as long as you're being mindful. And mindfulness is the act of paying attention on purpose. So it doesn't really matter if you're going to a yoga class or Pilates or playing football or basketball or swimming as long as you're being active. And I feel like that's really what I was lacking and missing for so many years was physical exercise. Now I make it a point to do something every single day. And if I don't, I feel like anxious or a little cloudy or just blah, whatever. So whatever you're doing, do something. Do you feel lucky to be in the position you're in? I feel extremely lucky. And I've had several days even recently, where I kind of don't really know what to do with myself because I've created, I've created everything that I want for myself. I remember a couple years ago thinking like, all I really want is to have an hour and the money to go get like a manicure and a pedicure, like something that I can afford and the time to do it. And now it's something that I'm able to do for myself. And in those moments, I'm like, this is something that I like manifested, created for myself. And anything that I've said that I've wanted, I've achieved on some level. And I feel lucky, but I feel at the same time it's deserved because of the hard work that I've done. But it's an interesting feeling, having, especially having so many friends that work like nine to five corporate jobs and maybe have the money but don't have like the time freedom. It's just something that I'm still getting used to. One of the biggest things that yoga and mindfulness has taught me and a concept that I really try and practice every day is non-attachment so even though I've created this like super cool life for myself and do have like the free time to do whatever it is that I want to do even if it's nothing if this all were to fall apart tomorrow like I've already come to terms with then there's I'll find something else there's something else that I'll do this obviously wasn't what I was supposed to be doing tomorrow or next week or whatever so while this is my life I feel very very grateful so I have one last question for you, and that's just about the yoga community itself. For the younger listeners out there who are looking to become a part of this community as an instructor, maybe, and from someone who's been in different parts of the country instructing or practicing, etc., is it a welcoming bunch to be around, generally? Everyone, at least that I've come across and met, has been extremely welcoming, whether it's at a studio or some kind of yoga meetup, like in Santa Monica, everyone meets up at the green at Old Muscle Beach and just messes around. Whoever shows up is more than welcome to play, regardless of like experience or background or who you are or where you come from. And that's something that made traveling super easy. Something that, like, I would never say no to any opportunity in which I had to travel, even if it was by myself, probably especially because it was by myself. Um, cause I know that wherever I go in the world, there's going to be a group of people that I can seek out that are going to make me feel like I'm home wherever I'm at. Paige, your story is super inspirational. I haven't done yoga in <laughs> many, many months and I need to get back to it, but I really appreciate you being here and for sharing your story with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. And thanks everybody for listening.
If this was your first time listening, then thank you for being here. This podcast is produced by Still West Productions, and new episodes are released once a month for your listening pleasure. Show notes and ideas originate from our blog, and links can be found on our website at www.careeranatomy.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the handle at Career Anatomy. The views expressed on this podcast are ours alone and are in no way an implicit nor direct reflection of the views of our employers. We hope our discussions motivate you to jumpstart your own career research and develop your own opinion on these professions and how to achieve success in your field. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time.